Hello everyone. Oh my god, it's been so long. And then it actually sounds very weird. But welcome to the New Dimension podcast. I am extremely sorry for going AWOL. But um, like I always say, the podcast is not mine. I'm just a messenger. When the owner says, take a break, you take a break. Anyway, full activities are going to be resuming much later. Um january next year but then i'm not going to leave you guys completely stranded anymore because we're coming back to our book reviews who's excited because i am anyway in this month's episode we're going to be talking about growing spiritually by kenneth hagen it's a beautiful book lovely book and i know that you're going to enjoy your time here so see you right after the short entitled and we dive right into today's message okay welcome back i'm going to give you a short overview of the book the book is talking about growing spiritually and is divided into five parts um for this month we're going to be dividing the parts into a week so part one for this week so this episode is going to be talking about part one of the book Then we have part two and part three in the second week of November. We have part four in the third week of November. And we have part five in the fourth week of November. Part two and part three are in one week because um, part three is, I think, one chapter, if I'm correct. So it was the best thing to do. Anyway, the book is going to be talking about the stages of um, spiritual growth and how you can move from one stage to the other. And there's just so much wisdom to unpack from this book. But today, specifically, in this episode, we're going to be talking about part one. And part one is divided into four chapters. Locating yourself, babyhood, childhood, and manhood. So that is, um, locating yourself is knowing where exactly you are in your level of spiritual growth. And for chapter one, the... Anchor scriptures were Ephesians 4 verse 8 and um, 11 to 15. And then Kenneth Hagin was talking about how there's a striking similarity between spiritual and physical development. The same way growing up as a human being, you undergo certain stages. The same way you undergo certain stages as a spiritual being. The only difference is that most people tend to forget that you undergo stages because you probably look like an, you're probably a physical adult just getting saved. You can be a physical adult and be a spiritual baby. You can be a physical adult and still be a spiritual child. So it doesn't really matter what you look like on the outside. And it's about discovering where you are now and then developing yourself to become the spiritual man that God wants you to be. So... Um, The book speaks of at least three stages in physical development, which are babyhood, childhood, and manhood. In chapter two, we talk about babyhood. And the first thing um, he mentioned was that spiritual babies will grow if they get the the sincere milk of the word. Spiritual babies will grow if they get the sincere milk of the word. And we have... Three major characteristics of a baby and a spiritual baby to be more specific. 
there's innocence, there's ignorance, and there's irritability. So for innocence, when you're born again, like a newborn baby, you're innocent. You don't have any past. When you are born again, you should let go of your past. You should let go of who you used to be. And, and this is not even just referring to you. When you see people that are born again, let go of their past. Stop saying, oh, this is the person that used to act this way. Or this is the person that used to act that way. Leave the past in the past. They are newborn. And they are born again with innocence. And even though innocence belongs to the babyhood stage of Christianity, it is one characteristic that we should never outgrow. And there's a song that I listened to a lot this week, Wonder by, I think, Bethel Music. Wide-eyed and mystified, may we be just like a child, staring at the beauty of the king. Don't ever get to that point where you are no longer in awe of God. Don't ever get to that point where you lose your innocence as a child of God. It is that innocence of the child that even if the father is a villain, our father is not a villain, but just an example. Even if the father is a villain, to that child, the father is their superhero. Is their favorite person in the whole world. And the best part about God is God is not even a villain. So we should continue to see God as our hero because he is. So maintain that childlike innocence when it comes to the things of God. And then keep an open spirit and a teachable spirit towards God and man. Don't ever get to that point where you feel like you've learned everything there is to learn about something. Don't ever get to that point where you feel like nobody can teach you about a certain thing again. It is wrong. It is wrong. You need to keep an open spirit and you need to keep a teachable spirit. The only person that can be taught is the one that is ready to learn. And then the second characteristic is ignorance and he said that he made the illustration of a child and how children want to put everything in their mouth like everything they see wire food bios paper dirt anything they can lay their hands on it automatically goes into their mouth so as spiritual babies it's very easy for us to want to put anything that looks spiritual in our mouth just because they call on the name of God doesn't mean it's good for you. Just because they are saying they gather in the name of God doesn't mean that's the environment for you. Be careful about what you're taking. Be careful about what goes into your spiritual mouth. Be careful about spiritual books and secular books. Be careful about movies. Be careful about songs. Be careful about anything that would cause harm in your spiritual body. And one of the quotes that um, really stood out to me is when he said, Be careful what you feed upon. There's a saying used in the area of man's natural diet. You are what you eat. The same thing is true spiritually. You are what you read. And I think he was laying so much emphasis on reading because it's very easy for people to publish nonsense in the name of God. It is very easy for people to publish false doctrine in the name of God. And then he said, when you start reading something that takes faith out of you, instead of putting faith in you, you should have enough sense to lay it down right then. I know you want to be a theologian. I know you want to be a scholar. But when you are seeing something or when you are reading something that is 
taking away from you, that is taking away your faith, that is making you ask questions, oh, does God really exist? Oh, why do we have to do this? Why do we have to obey his commandments? Why do we have to do what he said we should do? Um, once saved, forever saved. Um, as long as I've gotten saved, there's nothing I do on this earth again that will take away my salvation. Things like that. Things that will deliberately cause you to dishonor God. Things that will deliberately cause you to commit sin. Things that will take away your faith. Flee from them. Drop it. Run. Be very careful to not allow false doctrine getting because the case of false doctrine is very 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 prevalent in this season because it's like everyone has an opinion everyone has something to say everyone has the right thing in their mind and if you're not careful if you're not careful you would you would get it wrong you would get it wrong um i think i was reading in second timothy recently where um paul was telling timothy that a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear they will reject the truth and chase after myths don't ever put yourself in that position where a myth would look like truth to you don't ever put yourself in a position where the myth will look like truth to you may god help us in jesus name then um the third thing was irritability irritability babies babies are easily irritable especially when they are spoiled they are easily spoiled and when they become spoiled they become irritable being baptized and speaking in tongues doesn't make you a full-grown christian being baptized and speaking in tongues doesn't make you a full-grown christian because maybe an eight-month-old child is already growing teeth and can walk doesn't make the child an adult yet or doesn't make the child ready for real life yet. We're supposed to grow enough spiritually so that instead of someone having to come and visit us, pump us up, prop us up, pray with us, feed us, we're able to help out other people by ourselves. If you're still part of those people that don't want to help other people but you still want help, you don't want to give to other people, but you want to receive. Grow up. That's what he's saying. Grow up. If you're in that category of, oh, I didn't come to church today. The pastor didn't call me to ask why I didn't come to church. They don't care about me. Grow up. If you're in that category of, oh, I was rebuked in church today. I'm not attending that church anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Why would they talk to me that way? Grow up. Grow up. And then um, another thing on that irritability is babies are easily frustrated, easily distracted, and easily hurt. In the same way, spiritual babies are easily frustrate, frustrated, easily distracted, and easily hurt. Any small challenge like this, you are tired. God, I'm not doing again. God, I'm not interested again. You're sorry, you're not come on time. God, I'm tired. You're angry. You're not praying. You're not worshipping. You're not reading the Bible. You're not doing anything. Or you are distracted. You are distracted. They will send you on an errand to do something. Or God will say, go and do something. You will start halfway into the journey or halfway into the um, assignment. You've gotten distracted. You've gone to do another thing. He's saying, grow up. And this, this um, category is, is, is like the three categories. Like it's my table. When I saw it, I said, Holy Spirit. Nice one. Breaking my table. Nice one. 
People that get easily hurt. Because somebody reprimanded you in church, you are angry. Why are you angry? What are you getting angry for? As long as they are rebuking you in love and it's to help you become a better person, why are you angry? You now become puffed up. You don't want to go to the church again. You now start finding fault in the people, in the house of worship. You... That's, that's babyhood. And it's something that we need to grow up from. And he concluded with God wants to bring us to a place where we are not so easily distracted, frustrated or hurt. But we need to give him that chance. We need to open up that door for him. The third chapter is childhood. And the anchor scripture there was on Ephesians 4.14. And Paul spoke about no longer becoming spiritual children, but growing spiritually. Characteristics of the spiritual childhood stage are similar to the physical. Some of which are unsteadiness, curiosity, and talkativeness. I think the talkativeness part was the funniest part of the old childhood chapter. Um, so back to unsteady. Children in the natural are unsteady, unreliable, impressionable, and spasmodic. You can't rely on children. He gave an example of um, when he asked this child to mow the lawn. And then he went out and came back, found half the lawn mowed, and found the child playing ball with his friends you cannot rely on a child even if you're going to send a child on an errand you probably have to like give them time you know something because we all know how many times our parents have sent us on errands and we got distracted i am a sole participant of this they will send me to go and buy something for five minutes i'll come back 30 minutes later (laughs) so children are naturally unreliable And the same thing goes for spiritual children. You can be a 50-year-old man physically, but if you're still a spiritual child, God will not be able to rely on you. God will not be able to rely on you. He He can even try to give you like small, small tasks to see, but God will know there are some things, there are some things God will never give you, some assignments you will never get, some places you will never reach until you grow past that stage because you are unreliable. Because you are unreliable. God will give you a burden. This week, I want you to pray um, at least two hours every day for this week. I just want you to pray for your nation. I'm going to use the nation because it's a very sensitive one. I want you to pray for your nation. Monday, you pray. Tuesday, you pray. Wednesday, you heard that buses are on strike. Next thing, you start cursing the same nation God asked you to pray for. And God will look at you and God will be singing, Sheire why me? And God will be asking, Are you with me that I told you to pray for your nation? Do I not know what I'm saying? And then you forget about that assignment. Later you now come and say, God, give me London. God, give me Canada. God, I want Australia. God, I want Poland. The Oshun State he has given you. Have you prayed for it? The Kaduna he has been telling you to pray for. Have you prayed for it? The Abuja and Nasarawa that he has laid a burden in your heart five years ago. Have you answered to that burden? Children are unreliable. So God will not give them certain things. The second thing is children are curious. Hmm. Curiosity is a characteristic of a child. 
If you tell a child not to do something, that is exactly what the child will want to do. Because children, in my word, have coconut head. God would tell you, I don't want you. Well, this um, let me even this one is my own personal, it's my own personal table. So let me shake it by myself in my full chest. God will say, or God was saying, because I've done it now, God was saying Coinsla uninstall Instagram. I want you to uninstall Instagram. The first did as if I know here him. The second time, I give excuses. The third time I was procrastinating. It's, it's that time, gong, 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 that God said, uninstall Instagram. Like I said, I wanted to have coconut head. I did not uninstall it. And by the time I began to see things that were messing with my mental health, because they were very triggering for me, nobody told me. Before I took my hand and uninstalled it by myself. Sometimes when God gives you certain instructions, when God tells you not to do certain things, it's because he knows the kind of harm it will bring to you. So rather than being curious, drop curiosity, trust God. And if you see that you have a problem with it, pray about it. Pray about it. The third one is children um, talkativeness. And he said that children have never learned the value of silence. They are talkative and you'll find folks in the childhood stage of spiritual growth are nearly always talking. Anchor scriptures Proverbs ten nineteen, Ecclesiastes five verse three. Spiritual children don't know the value of silence, so we need to be careful about what we say about spiritual children to spiritual children or around spiritual children. Because he said that folks who are talking all the time are usually guilty of at least three sins: evil speaking, vain speaking, foolish speaking. One of the things God really helped me do, and is still helping me do. Like really tame my tongue when I got saved because I'm very talkative. Not in a bad way. I think I'm just I'm a very expressive person. So I'm not one of those quiet people. But then it was a lot as at that time. And mind you, I was maybe 14 when I got saved. So I was still young. But yeah, I was very talkative. And he was right by saying. When you are always talking, you are going to be guilty of either one of those three sins. When you talk a lot, you realize that you start talking about yourself. When you talk a lot, you, start, you realize you start talking about other people. That you begin to gossip. That you begin to do things you are not supposed to do. So, hold your mouth. Once in a while, try to keep quiet. Try to keep quiet, just to observe. You don't need to talk all the time. And there's a scripture that says... Um, Maybe uh, it's in Proverbs. I don't really know how it goes, but I'm going to far, paraphrase it. Um, a foolish man is known in the multitude of his words or something like that. It's somebody that is foolish, that's always talking, 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 talking. They never sit back to listen, to get opinion from other people, to learn. They're always finding things to say. So for the evil speaking, evil speaking is speaking about others in their absence. And he says sometimes evil speaking is what prevents you from spreading the gospel to more people because they won't believe you. When they say that you're always gossiping, you're the one that knows the business of Ade, you're the one that knows the business of Bola, you're the one that knows the business of Zion, you're the one that knows the business of uh, Heritage. How would you be able to preach to them? How would they listen to you? Because they know you're a gossip. 
because they know that you you would you would tell them oh come i'm here for you i'm here to listen when you talk but then they know that if they mistakenly open up to you they're in trouble because the whole world will know what their problem is the second one is vain speaking you're always talking about yourself and he said minister to the lord and worship him don't try to minister about yourself they'll tell you to go on stage and you are tooting your own horn no 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 any small opportunity you get you're trying to toot your own horn that's wrong be humble and yielded enough so god can use you if you are full of yourself there will not be space for god to come in so humble yourself and be yielded reduce yourself so god can be elevated and the third one is foolish speaking joking jesting and things that are not profitable it's all right to be friendly it's fine to tell jokes but don't spend all your time doing it ephesians chapter 5 verse 4 spiritual growth will not happen if you just feed and constantly constantly rather talk about things that are not profitable it's nice to have fun it's nice to just it's nice to be friendly but it's not all the time you can't grow if all you're talking about is alchemy of souls if all you're talking about is Captain Marvel, if all you're talking about is anime series, you won't grow. You won't grow. You cannot grow spiritually if we spend all our time talking about natural things. Have a circle of people, fellow believers, that are actually speaking, edifying things with you. I love my conversations with my best friends because no matter how random it may be, no matter how casual it may be, there's always a word of God coming out of the conversation. There's always something edifying coming out of the conversation. So edify yourself. Speak about natural things, yes, but create a balance so you can grow spiritually. And the final um, chapter for this episode is manhood. And he said there are many scriptural characteristics of the manhood stage of spirituality. But we're going to like talk about it in other chapters. So we just talked about three major things. Um, the spiritual man esteems earthly things lightly. Deadness to censure or praise. Ability to recognize God at work. And for the first one, esteeming earthly things lightly. The anchor scripture was Hebrews eleven twenty four to 26. And he, he said, when Moses became a man, he was able to esteem the reproach of Christ more than the riches Egypt had to offer. You cannot put earthly things above spiritual things and grow spiritually. Spiritual things must come first if you are to be spiritual and must be esteemed above earthly things. In this Christian journey, we need each other and we need to grow up by putting God first. Determine in your heart to put spiritual things first and you would be blessed spiritually and better off physically as well. In God's scriptures, Psalm 1 verse 1 to 3 and 3 John 2. My understanding of that, of that part of the um, chapter was that don't, don't be so occupied with the cares of the world that you kind of like put God as a minority. Now the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all other things will be added unto you. 
Sometimes I'm so worried about the earthly things. Oh God, I need money. Oh God, my school is this. Oh God, this. Oh God, that. And you don't even pay attention to the spiritual things at all. I'm shaking the table of those of us that we are so busy reading and um, preparing for school, working, this and that, that we forget to read our Bible and pray. If you are busy, genuinely busy, kind of like modify your schedule in a way that God is still going to be first. Because you cannot start your day without God and expect it to go well. You will be frustrated. Because see, spending time with God in the morning, first doing like 30 minutes, not even praying, sometimes just worshipping, just listening to cool worship music and reading one chapter of your Bible. You already come to this certain peace. So that when they want to bring their madness for that day, the peace you have is more than enough to counteract their madness. That peace you have will be good enough for you. But then if you start your day with, oh God, this is what I have today. This, that, this, that, God, I'm sorry, I'll talk to you in the night. You will see Shege. When you now see Shege and go back to God, God will welcome you with open arms. Oh. Definitely. He will welcome you with open arms, but it doesn't negate the fact that you've seen Shege. So put God first and everything else will be added unto you. Number two. Deadness to censure or praise. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 3 to 4. And Paul was the case study here. said, Paul grew to such an extent that he sought only to commend himself to God. The law of God, the law of love governed him. Baby Christians are self-conscious and never conscious of what others are thinking about them. The mature believer is God-conscious and never conscious of what God's word says to him and about him he fits the description of first corinthians 13 verse 5 to become a mature believer you have to stop caring about what people think you have to stop caring about what people say that's only what god says be your um like trademark because the people can praise you today and be the ones to curse you tomorrow People can hail you today and turn their back on you tomorrow. So if you are so carried away and so occupied with what people are saying, you would be confused. A spiritual man is the one that fits the description of um, 1 Corinthians 13.5. A spiritual man is patient, he's kind, he does not boast. He's selfless. And then the third one is ability to recognize God at work. And the story of Joseph perfectly sums up this point. Most people would have become bitter when things weren't going according to their plan, but Joseph trusted God. Even after the dream came to pass and his brothers bowed, he didn't brag about it, but gave all glory to God and forgave them. When you see God at work in things, you, you can rejoice at whatever is going on. When you see that things are not going your way, find God in it. Trust God. God that told you that you are going to become successful. He knew your parents could not afford to send you to a private university. He knew that you would probably be on strike for eight months. He knew that your job may not come immediately after work, after NYSE rather. But if he has promised it, it will come to pass. So start seeing God's work. In the circumstance, recognize it. And I understand that it can be hard. 
Because I had gotten to that point where I was so blinded in what was going wrong that I did not see the things God was doing. And it took me a while too. But I will tell you that in that time where I was blind to what God was doing, I was frustrated, I was angry, I was lonely, I was sad. And I think that was what helped Joseph through his journey. Because regardless of everything, he saw God's hand. He knew God was at work. Even when he did not understand it, he trusted God. So we need to learn to trust God, even when we're not seeing his hand physically. I pray God helps us in Jesus' name. We've come to the end of the first episode of um, the book review, Growing Up Spiritually by Kenneth Hagin. I hope that you were blessed. I hope that you learned something. And I hope that you're going to implement what you've learned in your day-to-day life. I'm really glad to be back. I love you guys. Every single one of you listening in, God loves you more. God bless you and see you next week. Bye.